Word. Let's come in with some olive oil. Peace to Don. I am Mega. This is the Mega Late Show Podcast. Tokyo Hip Hop, Credible Culture. All of these things. Uh, welcome back to part two of episode number 113. 112. 100 and something. I really need to start paying attention more to that. But that's the least important thing about this episode. Uh, what is important is our guest today is uh, Aaron Cholai. He's a good friend of ours. He is a uh, jazz pianist, composer, beat maker, label owner, label runner, label maker. I don't know. Uh, he's doing a lot of things. Namboku Records. Check that out. Uh, this is the second part of the podcast. So on that, uh, a lot of you may know, we go ahead and we discuss music that we like, music that we're listening to. I didn't go back and listen to uh, the recording. And this happened a couple weeks ago, maybe about a week and a half, two weeks almost. And... Uh, I do recall we play a bunch of tracks off of the new album, Raw Denshi, which uh, go check that out. Links in the bio. I think you'll find it just as incredible as I do. Also, uh, I think we play some other tracks. I don't quite remember. We do get into some MMA here and some random conversation. If I can recall correctly, this episode also or this part also runs a little bit long, but I'm sure it's fun and engaging. Go check that out. Check this out immediately right now. Listen to what I tell you to do. It's of the utmost importance. Uh, this beat in the background is Updaters from Olive Oil, a friend and collaborator with Aaron here in Japan. I believe he's in Osaka or somewhere further south than us. Check him out too. Mega Late Show. Episode, episode. Peace. I mean, here it comes. Fuck. fucking day and i feel like there's a uh, enough of that yeah i don't know okay shit mega late show oh i didn't even say what episode it was last time we was talking this is episode 112 i don't remember the last episode like when we recorded with you for the first time when was that that w well you was talking about was like the record with daichi coming out and it was just before that record came okay out. so that must have been 2018 maybe oh, two years shit. ago let me try to scroll back and find that shit before this, I'm just want to check for my own personal. Uh, let's mind design. Keep going back. Man, Marley Mall. And you guys had some guests here. Yeah, huh? episode. You were on episode number 44, which was August 2018. Wow, that was a while ago. That was a while. Almost two years. But yeah, yeah you know, shit. I'm gonna turn on some, turn these beats up a little bit. Yep. Yeah, word. Uh, Mega Late Show. So, episode number 112. Uh, I'm here with Aaron again. You guys know the vibes. And the second part of the podcast is where we like to share music. We can basically share whatever we want, but since you've got a new album coming out and I fucking love it, I definitely want to go through some of those tracks and talk about some of those joints, uh, play them for people. You know, we listen. Uh, I'll put the link where you guys can go listen to the joints. Uh, and I highly recommend that you purchase them or at the very least just listen to it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm not going to put them at the end of this uh, episode like I used to do since late is not uh, in studio with us anymore. Uh, I've, I've resigned myself to not doing that. Sure. And I also don't do a calendar anymore with the, the shows. I figure if there's a dope show, I'll let people know about it. Yeah. But there's, you know, significant changes uh, in, in the podcast. Yeah, but yeah, content yeah. still strong. Strong. I mean, market. there are not a lot of shows out in these streets anymore yeah, right now, either, right? So. But yeah, um, shit. I don't know, man. Let me go in. I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna pull up the album. 
Uh, do you have a do you have a favorite on it? I mean, it's hard to be, you know. It's like saying which child you like best. Kind of, like, people, you know I mean, mean, maybe, but it's like it's more like you know when like you real, hung- you know when you're like real hungry and you cook, and then somehow you're not hungry after cooking. Mm. It's more like that. Okay. It's more like I made it, so I don't. <laughs> right, right. It's like yeah, if, I've if someone this meal. Yeah, it's like I don't fuck with it the most out of it. Like I don't. All I hear is the mistakes right. and um, the but stuff I wish I could have done better. Sometimes the bacon tastes different when you gotta slaughter the pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But um, I, I could tell you a few of my favorites, yeah. man. Um, so a few of my favorites. Um, number two, uh, with Daichi. Oh, uh, with Daichi. Yeah. Yeah, that one's dope. Number three. Number three is I was listening to that and that's when I was like, this motherfucker Aaron is doing some real different shit here. <laughs> that's when I was like, this is kind of crazy, right? And uh, I-, I would probably say actually my favorite part of the album, if I could just say tracks number two all the way up to track number seven. Oh, like, well, I love that you, stretch. I don't really need to skip any of those tracks whatsoever. Thank um, you, number number three, uh, Manami uh, Kakudo. Yep. What is that? Fu- Fushigi? Fushigi, yeah. Fushigi? We dropped the video for that yesterday. Oh, actually. no shit. So, yeah, you can go to Insta- my Instagram or the Namboku Instagram and check it out. I, I, you know, my Japanese is so trash, I have no idea what she's talking about. Is she talking about, like, dick pics or what? Uh, no, no, no. It's, like, it's, it's not as deep as you, like, it. it, it she's kind of scatting in a, in a way, like, they're um, short ideas about, you know, like, when you think about it, oh. You know um, what she kind of reminds me of? Um, what is the name of that chick? Now, there's a Japanese artist out here who um, she did a project with. Hold on, let's see if I can find it. Uh, the, just her voice. At first, I thought it was somebody else. 27. So 26. Let me see who it But But um, it, reminds, it reminds me of. A Japanese artist, I forget her fucking name. Oh, um, uh, uh, Sujiko Noriko. You familiar with this person? She's like a lounge singer as well, but, um, yeah, really strange stuff. I'm gonna let this play. Um, when it gets to that, what do you call this, Aaron? What is the part where it fucking transitions to that kind of crescendo? Like a chorus? Yeah. But but also the music kind of fucking blooms it like immediately. Like there's like like an explosion. It's not a crescendo because it doesn't build up to it, right? No. It kind of just kind of it just bangs. transition. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. It just kind of fucking hits that shit. Here it is right here. Hold on. That shit is crazy, dog. Thanks, man. When that came on, I was like, oh, man, this is, like, really dope. I'm really digging this kind of approach. And when that comes on, I was like, oh, this is where I reach that next level. <laughs> well, you got to, you know, tension and release, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, Yeah, but, like, you know, even on this joint, like, towards the end of the track, there's, like, horns come in as well. There's just so much going on. Yeah. Yeah. This is, um... This was a really fun one to make, actually. Like, the truth is, is it was a completely different song before. This is the remix of the original. Oh. So I sent Manami the track, and she recorded to that. And um, the, this middle section was the same, but the rest of the track was actually, like, nice and pretty. But what she did to it was this kind of... Not quite rapping, not quite singing, but just mm-hmm. talking. I was like, oh, well, this this is like a free jazz. It, it sounds like it sounds like a, like a free jazz, like, spoken, spoken yeah. word type of piece. Yeah, and, like... 
you know, I was like, fuck it, let's put some free jazz drums on it and I'll play free behind it and, and like, let's really go in, lean on it. And then, yeah, so we already had the chorus and then the two things sort of contrast each other quite nice. I thought it gives a bit of release to the craziness of this kind of brushes drumming. And, um, you know, and the rest of the album is like mainly just rapping and stuff so it's nice to this have this is a this is much different than uh most of the other tracks i yeah. said this is this is a in kind of a deep contrast to a lot of the other tracks like mm. there's this there's there's a kind of brush the brush drumming the mm. kind of it's it seems uh slower than yeah. a lot of the other tracks yeah um in terms of energy it's different too you know it kind of takes these breaks and then all of a sudden it it, it blooms or explodes into like kind of this really beautiful type of colorful sound you know it, it almost starts as a kind of kind of drab and kind of monotone type of music and then when when it explodes it's, it's almost like a release of color or energy yeah. is what i get from it yeah man yeah thank you but see there's those horns too did you write all of the music for it or you're just like yo hit this shit oh uh, no this is just yoshi improvising over the chords um and my nummy came up with all of the parts herself, and so yeah, I just put in the synth, <coughs> synth parts and the, the bass parts. Maybe this was like the, the like a strange one to pick for the first track that I played because it, it is different than a lot of the other album. But man, I, I really, I almost feel like I could go track by track and be like, so what did you do here? And like, what's going on here? It's like, why is this so strange? Like, what's the approach here? Uh, tell me the math. Like, what's <laughs> the time signature? And, you know, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if people want to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, to, yeah. to break apart the music like that. I'm 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 not sure either. But like, I th I think this is a good one to start with, man. Like, it's all what? It's all me. I mean, I for me, I hear like continuities between this and that last one. Like, they're all jazz mm -hmm. influenced, you know. Like. Yeah, I played this one on uh, on the podcast that I recorded the other week with um, with uh, Foundation, who's a rapper from Florida that's out here now. Okay. And um, yeah, we all dig it. Oh, thanks, man. This is probably the most conventional yeah. uh, song on the album, I would say. This joint with Kojo, AF1. Yep. What does AF stand for? Air Force. Okay. It's, is it's that what he's rapping about? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's rapping about rapping. You know, he's he's mm. doing the rap rap thing, but um, the chorus is just Air Force One. Like I said before, like I don't really pay much attention to titles. I put a lot of importance in them. I sent it to him. The file came back mm. with AF1 on it. He raps a lot of bars on this shit. There's yeah. a lot of rap on There's it. There's a lot of rap on it. Th again, this is probably the most conventional track on it in terms of just like hip hop shit. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the things about making kind of more experimental music as well. Like, you can't demand people's attention for that long by just throwing stuff that's like, you know, challenging. Everyone likes to be challenged, but not all the time. Right. Like, I'd like to think about, like, I think about making art music or experimental music in the same way food is like mm -hmm. i make choices about what i want to eat every day out like not, i don't always want to be i don't always want to be um like a fine dining like michelin star restaurant right. where like the, the the chef is being expressive you know mm -hmm. i like that stuff like it's important um every now and then but like most of the time i'm out eating ramen right or just some down home type stuff so like i but if I'm going to be challenged culinarily, like if I go somewhere and someone's really making some experimental food, like I like to feel comfortable. I want to be in like, I don't want to be in like a white tablecloth place where everyone's wearing suits. Like I like those places where if it's like a gastro pub, but the chef is like really fucking like right. trying to do something new. I want the music to kind of be like that. Like you should be able to 
still have a good time and be relaxed and not feel too not feel intimidated by it like I want you to feel mm. comfortable but at the same time I want to like do my shit right. which is like abstracting stuff and, you know. yeah so. like uh, again man the album's really accessible but there's these like spots on it that are just like oh it's like you it, it, comparing it to food is like you, you know you bite into something that's like damn that's a good burger and you're like wait a second what is that is that banana peppers you know what <laughs> I mean it's like yo what is that what is that taste and then you just like get a whole something else hits your palate yeah you know, to compare it to food like it, it, there's a lot of that on this album you, you you have the expectation like oh here's this thing happening and then it, it becomes something else and it has a whole different uh you get a whole different ingredient yeah well thanks man again it's very nice of you to say like this yeah this too it's like i know it's not the most adventurous sort of section but just being able to have like a, a minute and a half straight yeah. jazz saxophone solo in the middle of a rap song like I especially like the drums on this because it just speaks to my inner b-boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Took a long. I mean, that's on the production side of stuff. Like getting the drums to sound like that yeah. in a live thing, trying to make it sound like an old school breakbeat, is, is really hard right. to do. You know. I'm gonna run that back just a little bit because yeah, I love sure. the way Kojo comes in right here. Like Kojo kills it too. Yeah, it's Kojo's ill. Yeah, he's dope. Kojo's so dope. Like, uh, you know, I, I listen to a lot of Japanese MCs, and I think a lot of it, the one of the reasons I like Kojo a lot is he just has like a, in, a because of the English that he knows, he has a, a different approach to his rhyming. A lot of times yeah. the... Japanese style of emceeing since it's all you know um, like vowel based sounds yeah. it can sound really robotic and choppy but he has an ability to kind of just like make it there's a cadence there's a flow that he has it sounds less choppy than a lot of other Japanese MCs, which is kind of highlight highlighted uh, on that part of the track to me so it's like it's it, that flow is dope yeah he um for him, I think as a rapper, like the flow is kind of paramount. Like he'll sacrifice lyrical meaning for shit to flow. Well, not to say that he doesn't say meaningful stuff, but he'll, you know, in ways that Eminem and, and, other, and Kendrick do, like he'll bastardize the word a little bit. Like he'll cut off a syllable just to make it fit, which is uh, musically like something I really appreciate about him. Yeah, he, he's one of my favorite out here, like a brilliant brilliant uh, MC yeah. he sounds good over your production too same with uh, you know Daichi has like maybe I don't know about how how uh, often you utilize uh, other uh, musicians for the beats but he has the most features on this album right yeah Daichi has like three tracks yeah um, the reason for that is I used like this this track in particular actually like I'd made this around the time we had were making stuff for Window which is a EP okay. that he and I put out two years ago and um, at that point it was just a beat like it was something I'd made in Ableton there was no live stuff on it but I'd played in the piano parts with um, you know soft synths and whatnot and we just decided not to put it on the EP because it sort of didn't fit and I was kind of moving like you know the stuff that we'd made for the EP it was sort of like a little bit later in that stage and I was kind of moving on to doing this more jazzy sort of stuff but um, for this project I was like look I want to revisit that thing that we were kind of doing mm -hmm. and can I use the vocals for it it's like yeah so he kind of got one extra one on there because of that okay and um, I think actually yeah the only one he 
recorded especially for this project was um, the second track, Ikiteruki. The other one that he's on, Saku, with um, Abby. Shout out to Abby Hallett. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Abby was up here. Yeah, she was on the pod with yeah. uh, with Ellie. Yeah, that's right. Or L, El Shimada. Yeah. For that one, that was also like another old acapella that we had that didn't come out on Windows. So it was cool to get those tracks out. You know, um, to, to, to call back to Window, uh, the album you did with Daiichi a few years ago, I was looking for that on vinyl, and I could only find CD. Did you guys ever press that on vinyl? I don't know. I don't think so. I was looking for it. I wanted a vinyl copy, and I, I found a CD copy, and I didn't pick it up. Because I was like, ah, I gotta get with Darren to find vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't buy a CD, bro. <laughs> I, I well, I hate. I, I don't like CDs. I, yeah. I, I've kind of almost never liked CDs. Um, and now when it comes to purchasing physical music, I almost only want to get vinyl. Yeah. At this point, they're 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 big and cumbersome. But again, that EMP blast. I'm gonna be yeah, listening man. to Window, and y'all cats gonna be like singing, singing <laughs> shit because you ain't got no MP3s. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah. yeah. A word. I don't know if they ever made vinyl for that one, to be honest. Okay. I mean, it, it's uh, it's uh, it's dope. I put a lot of people on to uh, to the one single that you guys put out, and uh, I think you guys gained a few fans because I was fucking talking about it so often. Yeah, man. I like I like Daiichi's um, I like Daiichi a lot. Yeah. You know his his approach. Even though I don't get a lot of the bars, he does have English lines quite a bit, but yeah. I don't get a lot of the bars. But his approach to rhyming, I think he's one of the new fresh faces and, and more interesting artists in japan yeah uh, man who are doing it he's a super talented dude like he's a really good guy as well actually he's from osaka he's from kyoto kyoto but yeah. he lives in kyoto yep okay yeah, he lives out there. man next time he comes out here let me know because I, I i would love to get him on the podcast but even outside of that just to kick it in you yeah know what i mean oh for sure man yeah he's doing real well too like if you know, people listening haven't checked out Daichi's music. He, the stuff that he does is very different from the things that we do together. Right. Like he does a lot of trap, yeah, and things like that. But it's really like it's dope. He's, he's really really good, and um, I like him too. Like he's great for this sort of stuff. Well, for for my music, especially because he comes, he's got a uh, background in um, multimedia art design. Like he he makes oh, sculptures. So he's an art. He's yeah. an head. Yeah, he's a, he's a little like you know arty nerd. So. He and I spend a lot of you time. You know, we talking. used to we used to use a completely inappropriate term for it, but we would use it to call ourselves the same thing. Back in the day, we would say, and, and I I absolutely don't use this word at all anymore whatsoever. But we used to say, a an art fag, <laughs> right? and I don't know where we got that from, but we use it because like, yeah, I'm kind of an art fag. Like I'm into yeah. I'm into art, and I guess it was because you know art is kind of seen in like the liberal arts degree is kind of seen as like less masculine or oh, you know less totally. sporty but we used to say that all the time and that's kind of the art that i like and i've used that to describe myself quite a bit and i know it's very really passe now but yeah. those are those are my people yeah i like people who are weird and yeah. who, like who who have an intention to make us like a uniqueness or experiment with it so yeah for I, sure I, I get that from daiichi um not not the term but you know like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the approach to to it is, uh, the approach to the music seems focused but also with you he adds a kind of youthful exuberance mm. that uh more conventional mcs even like kojo mm. doesn't add oh kojo adds like this is a dope rapper rapping over this beat but daichi is like oh this is weird like this this is like i don't know this and and this kid must be like younger and yeah, different. You know what I mean? For sure. Like he's a little bit more unorthodox or something. Like 
Yeah, there's a danger, like Kojo's another guy that I've worked with a lot. And there's a danger for me and Kojo to fall into like this 90s, because we, you know, we're, we're both around the same age and, and grew up on Wu-Tang and Tribe and stuff, so. I just make some boom bap shit. Yeah. Only you know. rap about rapping. Like, yeah. But like I, lo- I love it. Lyrical. <laughs> no, I'm with it too. Yeah. I'm with I'm, it too. And I love it when Kojo does that. Because Kojo's yeah. a guy that, you know, on his own will go out and do trap. But he does a lot of different stuff. But right. I love him when he's in that pocket. That's why I, I sent that last, you know, that particular AF1 beat to him. Uh, that, that's a perfect beat yeah. for him. In fact, I'd like to see you guys work together more again. But, you know, um, I don't know if you know Dos Monos. I think I shared it with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys are really strange and abstract. And I think uh, I would love to see you guys collaborate. If just oh, on man. a track or something. You know, like, Shin, they're, they're Ill. Shin just put out a tune with... Uh, with his band with uh, the rapper one of the rappers from that oh really yeah no shit it's kind of like do you have it I don't I'm sure it's on Spotify uh, yeah let's try to find that I'd love to play that it's this band that he's got called SMTK I think Uh, I'm gonna take a moment moment to try to find it and shit I might have um that's not it it's not gonna be this song Fable that's only got them on it so, hold on. Let me try to see if I can find it. If you type in SMTK, it should be that band, I think. It's kind of like they've been doing a bit of um, Super Magic Tokyo. Club. Yeah, that's that's the record. Oh wow! I know it's a it's a bit that kind of. I didn't like, know this was shoot. Yeah. There's a single this out. Oh. It should say featuring. Um, such and such and mm. I don't know. Maybe you can find it. Here. All right. Let's see. In the meantime, they can listen to this joint. third track yeah oh oh so shit yeah yeah we've had them on the podcast so oh yeah yeah just recently we had um boats uh the other guy but this is uh so shit so shit This is strange, I love it. Yeah. It's kind of like J-pop fusion meets yeah. online trap music or something. His voice sounds really good over this too. See, I, I had no idea that Shun was making this type of music. If you look at him in 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 uh, Spotify, th- this is not like cross reference with this hey, shit. Man. I mean, Shun, you know, Shun will just essentially try and do whatever I'm doing. 
Yeah, uh-huh. yeah like we said, you know, there's a lot of biters out here. <laughs> I I seen him too. He looked like a biter. I said, yeah, this guy could be a biter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, he, he's he seemed great actually. Nah, um, nah, I'm only I'm only teasing. Nah, Shun Shun does a lot of stuff. He plays in um Kid Fresno's band and uh. Oh really? Yeah, like he. I didn't know that he was them. still doing stuff. I haven't seen his music out for a while. I think he just released a new yeah. record. Yeah, he's doing stuff with a live live band. Okay. And Shun used to be in the like. You know, Kojo and I used to run the quintet. Like, we used to do live gigs okay. together. Sean was in that. So, he's been around it for a few years. Oh, that's like, dope. Yeah. There's a... I'm going to put some more beats on while we talk. So. Yep. Uh, do you have any uh, of the Namboku shit? Like, new Namboku stuff? I, d- I don't on me, actually. I should have brought some. I mean, we've got uh, some, like, rather experimental shit that we've already released. Is it on Spotify? It's uh, actually uh, there's one I've got something of mine that's not, that we just put up recently on Spotify. I know we playing almost too much of my shit, but that's no, no, I like it. That's what this part of the podcast is for, though, just to play real different shit, yep. weird shit. I um, I'll probably play some some uh, stuff that I've been listening to recently. There's a new album by uh, Quelle Chris and Chris Keys, and Chris Keys is a pianist. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard that. Yep. but there's some joints on there. Again, it's more like a conventional uh, hip hop, m- more like hip hop beats. Yeah. You know, it's not like a jazz album whatsoever. But I also played some of like, uh, d- have you been listening to Shabaka Hutchings? Yeah, yeah. He's dope. And yeah. him, what are they? The Sons of Kemet yep. is his other joint. Um, his other his other crew, and man, uh, I, I like a lot of their stuff quite a bit. Uh, what is the name of the other joints that they're doing though? Sons of Kemet and I feel like he has another crew that I just can't remember right now. Yeah. Oh, Shabaka and the Ancestors. Oh, okay. Their shit is dope. That Sam Gendel album that I sent you, mm-hmm. uh, the blue is it Blue Satin? Mm. But uh, like, see, uh, what's crazy about that for me is like I don't know the jazz standards like that. I don't hear something like, oh, I recognize that. Uh. But for that album, I was listening. I was like, oh, I know this joint, but it sounds really different yeah, than right. every other way that I've ever heard it played. Yeah. You know? So That's I like that. That's a very unique version. Yeah. Like yeah. You got something? Uh, yeah. yeah hold I'll on. Let me something. hit pause right quick and and uh, I'll bring it whenever you're ready. This is from a few years ago, actually. Um, oh, hold on a second. Let me um, check on that. There we, there we go. This is from a, a EP I put out a while ago called Polyglot. But it actually, when okay. I say put it out, it, it was just a tape for years. And then we just uh, recently put it out on Nambaku. This features a singer from New York, Chantal Mitvalski, and um, a rapper from Melbourne called Mantra. And this is Shun on drums. Okay. But sampled, and um, Yoshi's, it's actually Yoshi's quartet, Yoshi Motoakiro. So it's all, all the family. to say about it to you. 
This is really dope. Thanks, I, haven't man. Li- I haven't listened to this album at all. Polygot? Yeah, it's not, it hasn't really been out. There would have been nowhere to listen to it. Like, I'd play this stuff on shows and stuff. But, okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's like, we've just being here for so long, we've all got so much music we've made together that hasn't never really come out. Hmm. So I think, you know, for the, in the next year or so, a lot of these projects will start to come Drop out. Drop some stuff? Yeah, as well as some new shit, too. Like, like I said, I've been getting into all analog stuff. So the other thing that <coughs> we'll... I'm doing is recording everybody like onto onto tape machines and stuff so Yoshi, I'll be recording Yoshi's new trio album in a couple of weeks and then we'll put that out and I'm trying to convince Shun to do a solo drum record or uh, you know which I think would be dope and I kind of want you know I guess I'm, I'll be involved in everyone's projects coming out as a bit of a producer and you know because I'm a bit more on top sure. of mixing and making and recording stuff than everyone else is so you know it'll be a co cohesiveness of sound and concept coming out from all of us man i'm excited to hear it man yeah thank you really excited to hear it you listening to anything uh new and contemporary uh i'm listening to aesop rock a lot at the moment man hey you know that's my guy yeah fucking well, malibu can uh, yeah, malibu ken yeah yeah i fucking love that record uh the the collaborative project he did with tobacco from tobacco, uh, black right. mod super rainbow yeah it's strange it's real strange yeah yeah but um and i know it's not that's not real like recent it's maybe a year old or something, i think it came out last year yeah uh, right. about it about a year ago i think it came at the beginning of last year right so i like that a bit um you know he's my he's my favorite mc like i've i liked him every i probably heard him about like 2000 yeah right. and is when i first heard him and uh before he was just like one of the mcs that i really liked and he's just not disappointed me over the last 20 years man he's I've got so a lot consistent. of mcs that disappointed me but yeah him, so no, yeah. he's dope. I probably heard him around the, the same time too. Actually, like Labor Days. He uh, had a joint come out for a video game that just. Uh, I heard that too. That's, that's actually it for a video game. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty ill. Yeah. Uh, called Freedom Finger. Did he make the beats for those? Do you know? I think he did. You yeah, know, he's right. been doing a lot of his own production for quite a long time, and I'm pretty sure he did make the beats for those because he also did. Um, other short little 20 second beats that they use for the the game levels as well yeah right so but yeah i'm i'm excited i'm hoping that he comes out with a new a new joint soon i've been waiting for like an actual album but i think his last two joints impossible kid and skeleton i guess mm. those aren't the last two the malibu ken um i think i think he's uh he's actually gotten better yeah at like keeping the density of his lyrics but also it's easier to pick up on some of the themes and concepts and shit. Yeah. Do you fuck with uh, Milo? Rap yeah. Ferreira? Yeah, yeah. Have you heard the new album from him? No, I don't uh, think so. I didn't know he dropped it. The, the, well, he changed his name to Rap Ferreira, which is like his, his, uh, his um, what, do, what would you call it? His name, right? Yeah. So his name is like Rory Allen um, something Ferreira. And his new album is done with, uh, do you know Kenny Siegel? No, he's a beat maker he makes a lot of like uh he he makes quite a lot of beats but um so his let me let me pull it up so his new joint is with uh it's it's it says it's produced by the uh the jefferson park boys but they're it's kenny siegel his brother and another cat and they're making hip-hop like hip-hop beats but of course it's you know they're musicians so it's like sampling and it's like but this is like whoa. 
hip cat science theoretical ink splash. Oh, I'm already jealous. Dope. I should have thought of this. One of my favorite albums of the year. Peep it though. It, it moves and it changes. Who put the bean in their back? No heat on my naps. Leaning the strut, never the flask. Mean on wax, nicer in person, not quite friendly. Right hand tempted, rap forever, run the beat like Caster Semenyan. A rash with catastrophes is how you break a fast. Sandblasted brass, hiccuping PlayStation. Found our end when they was hesitating. Me and mine, you know we hella patient. Me and mine, you know we. One fell stroke, no Goodell Cole with the L in the hell hole. Shell toe, genie, blue meanie, a cosmology, Lucini, an odd policy. I love this joint though, man. It's one of my uh, top five of the year. Your album fits in there too, but this is bright. it's called um, Purple Moonlight Pages. And uh, all of it, you know, some of it is not as kind of like this approach, but um, it's, it's live instrumentation, like sampled and and arranged and sometimes yeah. just played and it's just a good fucking album like this joint here see what i like about it is like it doesn't sound like uh musicians playing hip-hop yeah it sounds like it's crafted for a certain aesthetic and then chopped and then rearranged and then added to it's got a different vibe than just you know a four-piece jazz band with some guy rapping over it there's yeah. weird intention there's changes it's experimental I, I love this album but at the same time this is a little bit more conventional mm. you know and that's when I knew I my way out of this hell. yeah you should check this one out it's one of my favorites of the year man it's man. super super dope I can already tell I'll be listening yeah. to this Lots of lots of weird approaches to the to the beats and, and things of that. Like that joint that I played you, uh, the first joint that we kind of sat and listened through was called um, United Defenders of International Goodwill. Oh, wow. and that's one of my favorite joints. That yeah, it starts off like that. Yeah, so uh, I definitely recommend checking that out. Fence building nihilist. Good evening. I I didn't. I sent you that Sam Gendel album a couple months back. I mm -hmm. think. Did you get a chance to listen to yeah, that? Yeah, man, that was great. What do you What do you think? Like, I I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, so um, the Sam Gendel joint, like I really liked it, and it was kind of the first time that I really heard of him. But he has a joint on here called Saxophone Funeral. This one, this one right here. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love this. Yeah. I'm a big I'm a big fucking fan of this it's joint. Very well clever put together yeah. music, man. It's like, a little bit strange, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, this is one of my favorite tracks of the year. And like I think what I like about it is like I could kind of just put it on and read yeah. and it's not like overwhelming. I can kind of like throw it on loop and read. I, I read to a lot of stuff like that. Like um I don't know if you've ever heard of Triosk. Yeah, yeah. Triosk, they have an album with this uh I think he's like some type of Scandinavian dude uh -huh. named uh Jan Jenelik. Uh, Jan Jenelik maybe. Yeah, yeah. But they have a, an album together, uh, and, like, I fucking love it. And it's, like, jazz influence, but it's also, like, almost like electronica because it's all, it sounds like it's all, like, um, 
it sounds like like jazz time signatures but using a, like electronic equipment instead of your conventional wind or string type of instruments right i don't know like um a lot of their shit is really dope man it's a bit like experimental music and jazz music is in a great place at the moment you know i think people figuring out how to do this stuff with electronics is um it's really pushing the music forward you know uh, who are some of like the contemporary jazz artists that you like listening to right now uh, outside of your circle? Friend circle yeah um like a lot of you know i've, I've been listening like a lot of the people i started listening to are still alive and, and kicking well so like you know Hit um, me to some shit is what I'm saying. Like, I, I guess like uh, I don't have enough jazz homies that usually all the jazz that I get is kind of, you know, research on my own or I'll come sure. across like a, you know, Chris Dave is in proximity to like a certain portion of like the hip hop production community. Yeah. So like that's how I found out about him. But yeah, other guys, I just have no idea. Guys like um Tony Malaby is someone that I really like. Maybe I'll try and should I pull up a couple of dudes? Yeah. Yeah. What's that? This is uh, that Trios Yan Yanalik joint. I read to this like, this is kind of my go-to reading drag. I read to this like almost every day. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's but it's beautiful. just kind of mellow and it kind of builds and changes. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know when you're ready to come in and I'll... Let's see. But this is jazz, right? Yeah, I would call this yeah. jazz. I mean, it's hard to say what is and what isn't. Like, right. But this is definitely made by... By um, by people that know how to play right. and that understand. Right. It, it's like a theory thing, right? Like a music theory thing. You can. F is, is it like the the time signatures? You can be I like, oh, this so. is like a jazzy type of time signature. Yeah, I think it means different things. Like I feel like jazz is getting redefined in the last ten years. You know, like it's um, it's like to me, it's. Re I mean, look. I don't know if this is this is some arty bullshit to say, but like to me, it's really a verb. Like jazz can be anything, but I think if you make something with the intent to make to make something new, I think jazz musicians think think in the way that like new is good. That's what you're always trying to strive. Like being an individual, having your own sound, doing something that no one else has thought out thought of. And hip hop is the same thing. It's like you don't want to ever sound like anybody else or put out an album or make a song that sounds anything like what anyone else did. And to me, that's what jazz is. You just do it via like really being a master of your instrument and knowing everything there is to know about music. Like, no surprises. It's <coughs> you know it's a really hard thing, I guess, for people that don't do it to really understand what's going on when you're on stage improvising with people. Like, it's such a high level of you really have to have so many things down to the point where you're not even thinking about mm -hmm. where the time signature is or if someone. You know, someone, if the drummer and bass player are doing some sort of polyrhythmic thing and it fucks, fucks up where the meter is, you have to be strong enough to be able to ride that wave out until it comes out on the other side. And, like, you know, otherwise you'll just get laughed at and you won't have a career at it. So right. if you go to a jazz gig and you see people playing, those, these people are, like, masters of what they do. Right. You have to be just to... That's the price of entry. Like, and then on top of that, you have to be artistic and be able to have something to Put say. your own type of yeah. flair on it. When, when it to, to go further in this conversation, like... The jazz standard, right? Yep. When, when we talk about jazz standards, that is implying like there's several different kind of notable jazz tracks that people have learned to play. Yeah. And and they've learned to play them because uh, it teaches a certain part of the musical theory or is it just a history type of 
I, I don't even know what a jazz standard would technically be. Well, I think there's the thing is there's different standards depending on what you your the sort of music you're playing. Like if you're playing traditional jazz, which is you know from New Orleans in the 1920s, there's songs like um, Climax Rag or uh, fucking Wolverine Blues, Weary Blues, like all of these like complex songs that you just have to know if you're going to do that stuff. Like just songs that people play all the time. Um, and you know, if you were a musician in those days, that the more songs that you knew, like the more reliable you were, the more gigs you would get booked. You know, so I think it started out from there as being the sort of necessity that you know a lot of tunes, and then that, like, uh, was sort of like more enhanced in New York around, uh, you know, George Gershwin's time, like when there was when Gershwin was big in the radio, and and they were writing a lot of songs. You'd have these pop songs that musicians like Charlie Parker would sort of you know, take the chord structure of and in jam bebop jam sessions in Uptown, like they just take the chord progressions of those songs and they'd write new melodies. And then so people would learn how to improvise over these chord changes. And then so you had to know all of that stuff because if you were going to a jam session, which is where you would build the reputation on whether you're a good musician or not, you'd have to know all of these tunes. Mm -hmm. So every, you know, so that's until the 40s. So up until that point, every jazz musician would know like all the Ira Gershwin songs, all the Tim Pan Alley tunes, and then all of the early like tra mm -hmm. traditional jazz stuff. And then after that, you get songs that like are composed by jazz musicians, like um, stuff from the Blue Note catalog or John Coltrane, and things that are a little bit harder to to um, to memorize. But you know, like anything, you know them because these are important records, like Speak No Evil by Wayne Shorter or. So these so are like from kind of blue. Sorry, these are like. Uh, uh, sorry to cut you off, but mm. like, uh, for example, in your repertoire, you have a variety of jazz standards that you just know how to play. I uh, you'd have to you'd easily know somewhere between like two hundred to five hundred songs throughout the history Holy of shit. like that. You should just be able to call up. Okay. Like, from memory. Wow. Yeah. Is is that uh, you're speaking in general for yeah. the general. Like jazz music, like a professional jazz professional musician. Professional jazz musician, yeah. Okay. So yeah. so if, if you were to just grab a handful of jazz musicians, you guys throw you guys together and say, all right, now we're going to play, you know, some kind of blue or like some shit like that, you know, like oh, you guys can go and be like, bup, yeah. bup, 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 bup. not only that, you should be able to do it from any period of time. Like, you know, I should be able to go to New York and meet someone I've never met before and feel like playing something that was pre-recorded music mm. and they should know how to play it. Is that something unique to jazz? Or will um, a rock guitarist, I mean, sure, they might know how to play like fucking Teen Spirit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a couple, you know, popular songs, but the standard, like uh, you never hear like a rock standard and you don't hear like a hip hop standard. You I know mean, what I mean? There probably is like, I'm sure there's st standards, there's like common repertoire, like every guitarist knows how to play Stairway to Heaven, you know, like, there's things, but I don't think the, you know, what's unique about being a jazz musician is you're essentially like a freelance gun for hire. That's you're kind of like the SAS of musicians. So if someone just needs something, you just turn up and you should be able to do everything. Okay. And so I think part of that is knowing a ton of repertoire. Like not only will jazz musicians know the whole jazz repertoire because you have to do things like back singers and you know, people should just like, you want to be reliable. Like if you're a clarinet player, you're going to know more specific repertoire than say a guitarist. Like you'll probably know all of the klezmer standards. You'd know like all the Jewish shit because you've been doing a ton mm -hmm. of Jewish weddings. You'd know like some sure. like Greek stuff. You'd, you'd um, know all the traditional jazz stuff from the from the um, early 20s. 
you know, like if you're a pianist, you probably know um, like a lot more classical music than your average, you know, jazz guy. Like if you're a saxophone player, you probably have a lot of experience playing in Latin big bands and stuff. So you'd know a lot more about salsa. And so mm, there's like really specific, sure. unique areas that the instrument takes you to. And, um, you know, I think that's like if you're a rock musician, you kind of like you're betting on the band like you're growing up with your buddies and you're working together and you've got your shared repertoire but you're not this sort of gun for hire that's just expected to turn up sure you know you might be a session music musician like you know who's not necessarily a jazz guy but those right. guys would know a lot of tunes too oh sure like, yeah like i mean actually what am i talking about like if you went if you went to nashville like there's there'd be session musicians doing all that country stuff that would sure you know they'd know heaps of stuff yeah it's interesting. It, it like uh, you just never hear the term tossed around in in the same uh, kind of regard uh, that you do when it comes to jazz music. Like I've heard people say like this would be a hip hop standard. Right. You know what I mean? Which which I took to imply that like uh, a hip hop artist would know that kind of beat, that melody. They would kind of know where the sample came from. So mm. for example. Uh, uh, a hip hop standard might be like they reminisce over you. Everybody knows right. kind yeah. of where that comes from, what yep. part of the sample it is, and how to use it. And so, if you're a musician that was performing at like, okay, let's do a hip hop song, like you would probably know the melody to "They Reminisce Over You." You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Things like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it's interesting. I, I find the uh, the jazz well, kind of the the musician culture so interesting, and I never learn how to play an instrument. You know, fucking around with a sampler and learning how to program a couple of drums is not nearly the same type of uh, workload or you know understanding of music that you or you know other jazz musicians would I have. It's fascinating. I'm not me. so sure about that though, man. I think it's legitimately as complicated, and there's just different things that haven't been formalized yet, like. Sure. You know, music theory and stuff doesn't like no one comes up with the theory and then the thing. It's like the thing happens and then you go back and look over it and be like, okay, what's the theory behind this? Yeah. Hip hop just hasn't been around long enough for people to like come up with theory on how to chop drums or like standardize it. You're seeing it happen now with like hip hop courses at university and things, but I think, you know, hip hop's entering this new stage where it's becoming you know art music in that mm -hmm. sense like people have, you know it's been kind of the theme today is like looking at people that are kind of going beyond just hip-hop and and doing experimental stuff with it and the more that that happens i think you're going to see people taking samplers to an extreme thing well they kind of they kind of like uh people look at dilla and they're just like how yeah. like this micro chopping the way that his drums swing like they're not quantized like yeah. a lot of traditional hip-hop tracks would be and so he he really changed the trajectory of production and now we look back at it as like wow this is some genius level fucking real you know, like coltrane or thelonious of his time type of thing yeah and uh you know it influences that but at the same time uh rap music has never really been held or viewed as high art yeah. you know it's always kind of been seen as as cheap easy and disposable and never really gets its time in the sun like you look at uh, one of the first aspects of it, just like the 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 writing, the poetry of it, you know, people look yep. at a Bob Dylan song, wow, well, ah, this is, you know, the great American poetry. But if you look at a Rock Hem track, and it's like, wow, there's a lot going on there and putting mm. it together. But they've never seen as high art. No, you know, well, maybe that has to do with the production aspects as well, because sampling, you know, possibly. Like but like, but when stuff's new, it never is. Like Mozart was considered like really lowbrow and quite crass, and no one took him seriously mm. either. 
I mean, jazz, when jazz came out, it was, you know, it's a cliche to say, but it was the hip hop of its day. It was seen sure. as like real lowbrow, um, un, uh, what's the word, unsophisticated, mm-hmm. you know, dance music. It was for the clubs and, you know, it had a social function. But as things evolve, you know, it's developed into this high form of art. And mm-hmm. I think in a, you know, in like 50, 60 years, you'll see hip hop kind of move towards that space it'll be more right. a concert hall music than it will be a club music and i'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing really but it's just the way music works you know word i'm playing all this like slow like jazz shit let me let me bring us back into like a more up tempo yeah type of joint but yeah uh, you know I, I love to talk to you about this because um like you're an artist that uh, i'm like oh aaron fucking knows his shit like you're you're I, I see you and i don't know how wrong i am i could be hella wrong but i see he's kind of like a, a music genius type of person you know like uh, i'm you, not a genius you, well if you know if you know 200 to 500 jazz standards and shit that's kind of fucking crazy to me oh well, you know I mean, what i mean it's like, just what you need in order to work yeah. and be efficient yeah. okay like, yeah well i mean like you keep on like downplaying your greatness, but I'm gonna keep exalting you as fucking <laughs> genius. Thanks, man. You listen to the new Run the Jewel shit? Yeah. What man. do you think about it? Uh, look, I like anything those two dudes do, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the Killer Mike is just, you know, he's the best. And um, it's simple, but like you know, the ooh la la joint, man. It was just the right time for something yeah. like that, you know, being at home bumping that shit in the morning. You know, I listen to it like I've I've liked every single Run the Jewels album. Yeah. Um, it's not always the right time for me to be listening to it, but it seems like great music for now. Yeah, you know totally. what I mean. The Killer Mike's verse, actually LP's verse on on the same shit too. Um, what is it? Walking in the snow, or I forget the name of the track, but uh, yeah, I listen to that. and I'm just like, wow, how poignant. But they yeah. always are. Yeah, and and they're always talking about that. And the last podcast that I did with Foundation, who uh, Foundation and my guy Monsoor Fritz, who's from uh, the UK, we're all old school underground guys. So yeah. we've been listening to LP since you know the '99 type of shit. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about how how odd it is that LP's production style has never really been emulated mm. to a point where it's like you hear it and it's like, oh, this guy's trying to bite LP. He's got like a death device cooked in. It's like you just can't really. Uh, and that's one of his lines, you yeah. know, had to develop a style with a death device cooked in. And it's so different. It's yeah. So fucking strange. I know. Know? Like, right. It's like it's got a. You know what I like about it is that um, it's one of the reasons I criticize Eminem. It's like Eminem's mastered making uh, the whitest black music. You know, like you listen yeah. to his music. There's almost no soul to it. Mm-hmm. His, his sample choices, his production choices. Uh, his content really his voice and register it doesn't sound soulful at all it doesn't mm. sound like it has any soul whereas like you listen to Adila and immediately you're hit in the face with fucking grits and yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and LP's the same way like LP's music is a very like uniquely LP which is a white guy from Brooklyn sound mm. and uh, I love it you know he's one of my personal favorites but it's interesting that, yeah. that it's just like that and I love the kind of uh, relationship that he's forged with Killer Mike. It's a great balance to that uh, that he's never had before in his career. Yeah. You know, it's like it kind of he, not to say he doesn't have a place in hip hop. I think he's one of the greatest hip hop artists and one of the most influential and important people in the entire canon of hip hop music mm-hmm. with all of his independent endeavors and what he was doing in the 90s and where he took it. But with having killer mike there is like a great counterbalance to kind of like 
really bring the point home of how excellent that guy has been. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's in an interesting place. Like, he's someone that I listened to, again, in the early 2000s, you know, along with Ace Rock and um, sort of lost track of what he was doing for a while. And when they came back, came out with Run the Jewels, it's like, oh, this is the perfect context to see, um, you know, his, like, to, yeah, for his production to be sort of displayed. And it seems like it's he's having, like, this real high point in his career right now. Which yeah. Uh, he's got to be a millionaire now, so power to, to him. Has to be. Did you ever listen to his uh, his jazz album? No. High Water? You never no, heard it? I don't think so. I'm going to play some for it. Like, play some for you. This came out maybe like 2003, 2004, but his dad was an old uh, uh, a jazz uh, musician. Yeah, 2004. Oh, no and so he made this album, um, and and uh, it's all, it's it's the jazz album. But it's it's pretty dope, I think. It, and it's it's... It's got his essence in it. You know, it, it sounds like LP. Yeah, right. But jazz, right? I mean, it's not him playing all the instruments. He's got people in there. Yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. like composing the track and producing it and sampling and changing things. But it's a really good album, I think. It's cool. It's called High Water. High Water. Oh uh, yeah, it does yeah. sound like you can't tell it's LP. Yeah. Can you? Oh well, you know he pulls some samples and it's like, oh well, no shit, that's yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. like, you know, it sounds like a robot being tortured or something like, yeah. you know, some, some Blade Runner. Fuck yeah. man, everybody's dad seems to be a jazz musician these days. Yeah, my dad couldn't carry a tune. He didn't play an <laughs> instrument either, but yeah. he, my my uh, my father is actually one of the reasons I got into jazz like he wasn't one to collect records or anything but like he had a few tapes you yep. know he had like al Jarreau and shit and one of the tapes that he would love to play was fucking um ahmad jamal and Dude, i was ahmad like jamal. word yeah yeah and uh he would play that it was one of the few tapes he played and i would just if, when i first heard it, i was like okay whatever i'm trying to listen to snoop dogg but then yeah it started really unfolding for me when i was maybe around like 12 years old and i was like holy shit yeah right. that's is dope I think I recognized a sample. Right. Like, I recognized a part of a song from a sample. And that's kind of the age when I started putting it all together. Like, oh, okay, this is... Right? LP, right? Yeah. But it's it's a good album. I, I, re I recommend it to people. Yeah, I'll check this out. Oh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Fucking, I forget what I was talking about. Oh, dads and jazz. Oh, yeah. Dad. Was your, were, were your parents musicians? Uh, no. Nah, nah. No. Um, my mom could play a little bit, but you thinking about having kids, so you could be a jazz dad. Oh man, make the jazz transition, dads. dog. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Become a jazz dad. <laughs> it's like the only reason why you get into it, so you yeah. could, could say, "Yeah, my my dad used to play jazz." Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's a weird time to be thinking about having kids out here right now. Yeah, what I mean, I, I, you know, I love my daughter more than anything, but. Uh, it's a rough world to bring her up in. Yeah. You know, I think about it all the time. And that's why one of the reasons I think I'll stay my ass here in Japan. Fuck yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, man. I was, uh, I've been getting into movies a lot recently and I've, I'd sort of, um, been checking out a lot of Spike Lee once again. I forgot. He just he got a new joint. Yeah. Yeah. I've what is, is it? it five out? Blood? Yeah. yeah five yeah. Blood Brothers or Five Bloods? Yeah, maybe I think. Like yeah, about the, the war, the Vietnam War. Yeah, I guess it's um, uh, five black soldiers uh, from the Vietnam War. They found a bunch of gold 
Yeah, and right. then their commander, who's like the best person they knew, they buried him out there. And then as they get older, they try to go back to find the gold and the remains of him. And it has, um, what's his name? Uh, Chadwick Bosman, uh, oh, okay. uh, Black Panther, yep. uh, and Delroy Lindo in it, and uh, a couple other people I don't recognize. But it looks good. Yeah, right. I didn't watch the last um, Spike Lee joint. Black Klansman. Oh, I saw that. That was yeah. cool. I, I just mean, boycott all cop culture. I don't yeah, watch right. any television shows with. I, I actually propose a moratorium, uh, moratorium on police in their production and art. So I don't watch anything oh. where the police take. Come on, so I'm not even Police Academy one three seven. That's old. I've already seen that. <laughs> so I'll watch Beverly Hills Cop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right now, but I definitely won't. I, and I've watched a couple, you know, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nines, but. I just really don't like any shit with police right now. Yeah, nah, I feel you. Nothing wrong with that for sure. I should change it to some hip hop shit. This is like some jazzy. Like, I want to bring the I want to bring the energy up. Yeah, so let's play some Dilla. But I forgot that um Spike Lee's dad was a great composer. Is that right? Bill Lee, yeah. Because if you look at his early films, like you know, I know especially this time, like people are probably going back and checking out "Do the Right Thing" and. She's got to have it's like at its time on Netflix mm-hmm. and stuff a bit. But like if you go through those early films, she's got to have it do the right thing. My better blues. The fucking the scoring is like it's beautiful. Yeah. It's so good. It's really well put together. And it's at a time where jazz was sort of asleep for a bit, especially in New York. And um, the Masalas brothers had just moved up mm-hmm. up there from New Orleans. And um, there was this real sort of like, uh, you know, this. A connection with blackness and jazz, I think, in mm-hmm. that New York didn't have since Coltrane, like since the late 60s. And um, Branford Masalis is playing on all of those records, uh, on all of those scores, and Spike Lee's dad, Bill Lee, um, scored it. And it's like, it's really incredible. It's, it's quite powerful. That's a, that's a biography or an autobiography I need to read. You know, he's such an important and uh, even polarizing character yeah. or person uh, within uh, American, I guess, global culture either. Mm. Yeah, but he's he's amazing. I watched more Mo Better Blues a couple months, couple months ago. It's yeah. it's not the the, the best uh, Spike Lee joint, but oh it's man, it, I it's love it. You imagine like good. being a kid, a teenager, like just learning how to play jazz and looking at that shit, being like, oh my god, that's how my life is gonna be like. Yeah, it did not end up as. I've well. o- I always <laughs> like Wesley a lot in that. Yeah, I like Wesley a lot, and and they sample uh, they sample part of that on the beginning of my favorite Roots album too. Uh, what is it? Um, things fall apart. Things fall apart. He's like, he's like, if you play the shit that they like, oh <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 right. that's just actually great. I feel yeah. like I, I, I probably should bring that up just because. Yeah, it, it's it might not be the greatest Spike Lee film ever, but it's got it's got all that classic early Spike stuff, like that fucking double trolley shot, like the yeah. weird angles. Yeah, yeah, the bad Spike Lee acting that's somehow. Senses me that our own people don't realize our own heritage, our own culture. This is our music. That's bullshit. Why? It's all bullshit. Everything, everything you just said is bullshit. What are you complaining about? I'm talking about the people. That's right. The people don't come because you grandiose motherfuckers don't play shit that they like. If you played the shit that they like, then the people would come. Simple as that. I love that intro. Man. Are treated as though they are disposable. They're not maximized. This album is great. Yeah. Go back to listen to it, man. I this forgot about this. Fucking great. 
Like you hear like the that's that that's that year two thousand panning that yeah, got going yeah, on. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. But the al- the whole album's good, man. The whole album's good. Wow. Let me bring us back to some Dylan, some beats. But yeah, I um, in terms of like uh, consumption uh, of television shit, I, w- I was uh, Baki just uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> came yeah. back on. Yeah. I haven't watched season three, but Baki is fucking brolic, man. I I love that they kind of loosely and sometimes like directly reference certain martial arts styles and masters. Mm. Like right now, they got um. The Muhammad Ali yeah. son, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the fucking Muhammad Ali technique, and I think they call him Muhammad uh, Ali, uh, yeah. right? It's like, and it's not even like the fuck of Japanese pronunciation. It's like they're just kind of tweaking it enough. Yeah, but that shit is is tough, man. Yeah, Bucky, I I watched the first season again. It was right in the whole jujitsu stage, and like I have because I had to quit, you know, and um. I haven't. I've just had to step away from any kind of martial arts fighting related shit, just because I, all I want to do is get back in. But you're not watching MMA. I was going to ask mean, you. Did you hear about the Fight Island card? No. They got did the Fight Island it? card. Um. Yeah, that shit is supposed to happen. Uh, next month. My homie Steez hit me up and was like, Yo, yo. Where is Fight Island? Did Abu Dhabi. It's, it's Abu an Dhabi. A, it's an island in Abu Dhabi. Of course I think. it is. And yeah, it's in Abu Dhabi. Hashtag in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, right. but uh, the card is uh, Usman and Burns. Oh yeah. And uh, who was it that Burns just beat up? Um, it was just last week, right? Yeah. Um, I forget uh, too. I forget. I didn't yeah. see the fight. Yeah. But I'll Usman. F- oh, he uh, Woodley. Woodley. He wo- he beat Woodley's ass. Of like course, he yeah, made, that makes sense. It, that was like uh, like five to zero. Like it, it was Woodley doesn't look like he's in it. Yeah, you know, right. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's Usman Burns, Volkanovski Holloway two, oh, which should be a shit. barn burner. Uh, Aldo and Jan, oh, yeah. uh, and- Andrade and uh, Rose, uh, Thug Rose, Damn. and then uh, Rebus and Van Zant, which I don't really know those guys. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm. To be honest, I feel like I mean, look, I I still love fighting, so I watch the um I watch the boxing and, and the MMA stuff when there's shit on that interests me. Just recently, I just I want to say since like, you know, the COVID. I mean, there haven't been that many fights, I guess, since the COVID shit. Yeah, but like two cards, maybe. Three yeah, cards. like I, there hasn't been anything that's gotten me in, but that one I want to see Holloway. I want to see yeah. Holloway fucking get that title. Back, I think he's going to get it back. I, I, I hope if he's the fighter, I think he is. He would have seen Volkanovski. I understand yeah. he's got to keep his legs fucking out I, of the way. Well, I think a problem in that fight is like everybody was like, damn, the leg kicks are fucking him up. But he was just like, he's like, ah, oh, leg kicks so mean shit. If you listen to him after the fight, he's like, oh, I didn't know that you guys were thinking they were fucking me up. Oh, really? Like I was straight. Yeah. Yeah, right. But, but you know, uh, they, they add, they, they count. Yeah. So. Well, I don't. I don't know what it is. I but I want to see Holloway get back in there, and I want to see fucking man that road that broke my heart. Actually, the very the last time I was here was just after the Namajunas Andrade fight. Right. Um, and Rose just lost to Andrade. Man, that fight, Rose looked so fucking good, yeah. bouncing around, just snapping, 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 and then got dropped on her head. So I want to see her come back. And um, I don't think Andrade doesn't have the title, but I want to see. Rose I just don't like be- because of the last fight. I feel like that was kind of like a like a one out of ten win for yeah. Andrade. And like I think I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right. Is it Andrade? I think it's Andrade. Yeah. Okay, uh, it, it's one of those things. Is like nine out of ten time Rose wins that fight. You know, and I so, hope so I I kind of just am expecting her to come back and whoop that ass. Yeah. Well, and, if and she does, and I want to see her get out Wiley, man. Yeah. 
that's the fight. That's the, that's fight. the fight. Yeah. Because Wei Li, she's fucking brolic. Yeah. That little chick is fucking brolic. That last fight with her and Joanna, man, that's like fight Ooh, of the year. Like, like that was violence. It was real violence. That shit was crazy. real. And usually, you know, I'm, I'm actually... Uh, Damn, I just exposing myself like I said the F word on the podcast. And now I'm about <laughs> to be hella like I usually don't like the girl fights, the, oh, yeah. the women fights. Not because, well, maybe uh, it's almost one of the reasons that some of the lower weight classes bore me. There's mm. not enough finishes. But with the women's fights, it's also like some of the athleticism at like the lower end is just not there. Yeah. Like what was what's the chick's name? Betch Carrera? Korea? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yo, like if you walk her, she she runs into the ring, or, or to the to the cage, and she tries to like jump, hmm. and the way that she jumps, I'm like, oh, that is the most unathletic <laughs> looking thing. It's embarrassing. Yeah, like how you can't jump, and this is the highest tier, and I just don't like the level of skill on some of the women's fights. Sure. It seems, and without the power, you don't get the finishes. But Joanne and Wei Li, yeah technical beast yeah. but also fucking animals animals yeah i like i mean i i get what you're saying but i like that weight class like the what is it that's a uh, featherweight or something mm. um that weight class and like yeah joanna whaley and rose number units if it's not any of those three then yeah, i, I kind of right. do kind of lose interest but rose to me is just like one of the most skilled technical like it's beautiful the way yeah she jumps in and jumps out of like range and but yeah she reminds me of holloway actually a little bit a little bit right yeah but yeah yo shout out to that hematoma that joanne had on her forehead Damn, yo that thing son. looked like yeah she looked yeah. like a hyperzoanoid from like the giver yeah man, that <laughs> shit was crazy i was like damn like you know like yeah. i wonder how much it plays into like judging the fight as well too you know like the fighter that bleeds you're like oh he's getting fucked up more sometimes, it should count you know? for something yeah but i mean some fighters just like like fedor cuts easily so yeah. you know you punch him in the nose he's going to be pouring blood bj penn yeah it's a fucking bled like in one of his fights you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah. but there's so bleeding kinda, and then there's fucking misshapen like, skulls like yeah. yeah well you know i one time i got i was fucking boxing and i got punched in the forehead mm. you know we were we were um we were slap boxing, but mm. it got serious. And so old boy hit me like with a punch in the forehead and I got a huge ass hematoma, mm. but I blocked it with like, I, you know, I kept my chin down. He punched the top of my forehead, which is a technique. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and true. I had a huge ass hematoma. So do I lose that fight? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, but you got hit. Did yeah. you get him back? Oh, actually, uh, when once I saw he threw a close hand punch, I took him down and I fucking try. Uh, I arm triangled him. Oh well, then you win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I won. <laughs> I won, but I had the hematoma. You know, he 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 went gently into the night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I fucking and I I had the hematoma. So. Oh, but you finish it. Yeah. Like if you arm yeah. triangle someone, I know, I know. Yeah. That's why. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't win on. But it's got to yeah. count for something a little sure. bit. Uh, damage is you know like that's the thing with the leg kicks like you see the leg kicks is like oh maybe that hurts but then you see the welts on the leg you're like oh yeah, they're yeah. really getting fucked up right yeah so yeah Damn. i'm excited for it that's like, a good card when is that uh i want to say know? like the july 11th or let me see if they got it on okay. they should have it oh july 11th saturday july 11th hey if you're not doing anything come through fuck yeah yeah man. maybe like you know the the reason i don't invite people over specifically you and my homie keen because mm. i know we all watch mma is that sometimes my streams just saying you know what i mean yeah, you get yeah. you over here we can't get the stream going it's just kind of like sometimes my stream is like you get four seconds and then you pause for four you get four seconds yeah. and it's just kind of it's like the same, same at my place man yeah. we, 
Oh, we can we we can just go through go through the the struggle together. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, come through for that shit. Fuck yeah, that'd be dope. I'm hanging for the Wilder, you know, Fury fight three man. I can do that. I feel like Wilder's just not there for it. I'm more interested in uh fucking Joshua, uh and and Fury. I'd like yeah, to see that. I'd like to see that, but uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like everyone's sort of written Wilder off to too quick man you don't know like, well the reason i'm writing him off is because the first fight he was doing just as bad as the second fight mm. but in the second fight tyson was in shape you yeah. know that first fight they it, he was not in shape and he still did well i think it's just stylistically a tough matchup and i feel like wilder has kind of fallen in love with his power like tyrant yeah. like now he's not trying to box he's looking for that punch yeah and true. you can't do that with with fury oh, it's hey, too technical tyson's coming back right do yeah you, do you ever think is he fighting evander <laughs> i think I they're, th- getting, they're going at it right i think it's an exhibition match or some shit I wonder, what would happen with fucking wilder versus tyson I wilder if, if would fucking hurt him. you think so Tyson looks good when he's throwing fucking four punches in, in, a, in, a, in a video on man, Instagram. But though, if there was man. ever a human that could be Superman, it would be Tyson. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just like... Go back. Like, I love Tyson, and he's one of my favorite athletes, right? It's, yeah. it's really like Kobe, Tyson, GSP for me. You know, I love those guys as athletes. But, yeah. I mean, I remember watching... Uh, you know, I saw when Tyson got out of jail and he fought McNeely and he finished him in three seconds. But then I also saw the Evander fights and the Lennox Lewis fights and then the fights after that. And he just, the you know, the fighter I would like to see him go against. Yeah. Give me Roy Jones Jr. and Tyson. That right would now. be that would be an incredible. That fight. sounds fair. Yeah, that's you a know, fair one. Roy Jones has fallen off. He's also smaller than Tyson. He hmm. he he left his prime later than Tyson. But give me that fight. Yeah. But then, like, you've also seen Jordan do the wizard years, right? If Jordan was like, yo, I'm coming, I'm back right now. This part, doesn't part of you go like, yo, I think he can get it done. Yeah, yo, like, fucking, you know, they don't play defense the right way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, you make, you, he's like, he's like, yeah, but like, you know, LeBron, like, he passed the ball too much. He's not going to, you can't guard Michael. Yeah. I, I mean, you'd, 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 I'd almost put my, like, I'm not saying that he's like the superior athlete, but I would say I would almost put money on Jordan getting it done just because he just gets shit done. Same with Tyson. I reckon he'd figure it out. I hope he would. See, what I want him to do is take all of the gear, like every single steroid. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, let's get him some stem cells in his Fuck fucking, yeah. you know, everywhere. Yeah. And see if we can do it. Let's yeah, get some real anti-aging go, shit. Go take a nap. You saw yeah. Just let, yeah. I know. I just want, let it happen. I want to see a few fights like that where they really just let, like, I mean, I actually think it's probably quite beneficial for a lot of fighters, to, especially if you're talking about TRT. and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw what it did to Vitor. Vitor, TRT, Vitor. So. Yeah. TRT Vitor was uh, a different animal. Yeah. You know, completely. he, he, he blinded Bisping. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for real. Yeah. But, the thing is about um, TRT for me is like level the playing field. And by that, don't don't just say, OK, you can do it. Yeah. But say all of you have access to the same amount. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if if if, every, if the if the playing field's open, then an old boy who's been getting 10, uh, 10 for his fights is going to have less fucking steroids than John Jones. Less mm-hmm. than Dinah Jones. So if you just say everybody can do this amount here, here's your kit for your fight camp everybody do that 
I feel like that's the level playing field. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, genetics still play a role. Physi- yeah, yeah. Physiology still plays a role. But, you know, you can't be having uh, fucking John Jones get in the crazy Russian super drug. Meanwhile, me and you are taking fucking D-ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 give everybody the same cocktail. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I want to see. Yeah. All sports. Yeah. I want to see a motherfucker hit a baseball to a, to another baseball stadium, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. let's see, let's see the limits yeah. of the human body. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what sports should be about. That's like, what happened to like bodybuilding. Yeah, you know what I mean. Motherfuckers just like, all right, so we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. We we know what Ronnie Coleman will look like, right? We know we can reach Ronnie Coleman levels. Yeah. Now let's bring it back. Let's yeah. do that with the other sports. You know what's going to happen, man, in the future when we start, like, cyborging, cyborging up and start, you know, putting fucking, yeah. like, uh, robot limbs and stuff on our bodies? It's going to be interesting. You're going to be having these discussions. There'll be, like, two idiots in, like, you know, 50 years being like, yeah, man, I don't think that that guy should be allowed to fight with that robot arm. Mm-hmm. Well, genetic manipulation and shit. Can you imagine the type of like racism? It's like you're you're gonna be like half fucking jaguar, and your mom's gonna be like, "Yo, I don't want you over there playing with those fucking tiger kids. <laughs> those fucking tiger kids is such a fucking problem." You know the genetic manipulation and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's al- it's always gonna find some type of way. Yeah, I'm for it, man. I w- if there was one thing I wish, like I wish I was here long enough to see how this shit works out, man. Like it's gonna be crazy the next hundred years, no? Some weird shit's gonna happen if we can sustain uh, a society that allows oh. us to reach those points. No, society like, won't last another five years. I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, I, Buster Rhymes scared the fuck out of me as a kid with that. There's only five years left. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is happening? But you know, I could. If there's got to be like another world war coming up, right? I mean, but has global capitalism done so much that? The only war to fight is the lower class versus the fucking higher class. Is it time to bring out the guillotines? Well, man, I think only fight. I think that's the only practical fight. Like, but I don't think that's what we'll be fighting over. I think they got us twisted enough to think that like. I'm worried about China to to not know who the enemy is. China, China might get to the point where they're just like, "Fuck it, we got fucking a billion people over here. We're just gonna throw bodies at everybody until we are the new fucking." You know, dominant if, force. If China wants it, they can take it. Like tomorrow. I will be speaking Chinese and shit. You know, yeah. I might know a few kanji that are Chinese kanji right now. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. No, you know we'd mean? be fine, man. If the Chinese, yeah. if the Chinese are coming, we're cool. Although I, I mean, feel like they're gonna get revenge. Actually, it might be my neighbors. You know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. our <laughs> Japanese friends get fucked. They're like, you cool, you cool. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. Well, you I got a done. Chinese last name, so I'm oh, straight. Oh shit. Well, uh, I'm that's a, why I've got know. these Huawei phones, son. Just ah. So they You're know a fucking who I am. sleeper agent yeah, yeah. for a Chinese <laughs> state. That's how it I is. Just, <laughs> you know who I am, China. Yeah. But like, uh, they they're already kind of doing it, man. They're just yeah. they're not after the cultural influence that like America has. They're just yeah. like, okay, you guys just keep putting out the music right. and the fashion and the movies, and because but we're going to take all the money. And because they're a little bit um, lawless, they're and, and they don't have to have the veneer of civility or freedom. They're better at capitalism than us. Oh yeah, they're able to just steal IP. They're able to just fucking sell fake shit. You know, they're yeah. they're just better at it than us. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I see it as a problem. Uh, yep. Oh, it's all a problem. Yeah. Oh, all of it is a problem. Uh, yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the that's the problem. All uh, of it is it's a problem. All, yeah, it's yeah, all a problem. So. I mean, there's a couple dope things, but, you know, you can only eat so many fucking snacks. Yeah. 
the snacks at least you know i i i, I really don't like our metal shackles but at least we can watch anything we want to watch yeah sure. i don't want to get into it too long we've kind of been running this part of the program for a minute but i'm happy that i got to talk mma with you let's go ahead and say where all your stuff is at and let's get the fuck out of here yeah man um yeah, you, I'm on Instagram, Aaron Chulai, and uh, Namboku. You can find the Namboku Instagram page from my Instagram account, or just Namboku Records. And um, yeah, just check it out, man. I, I appreciate everyone's support. There's been a lot of support online for this record, and um, and a lot of stuff we're doing. So I just want to say thank you. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Mega. Yo, you know I'm gonna be asking you to come in here and help me guest host. Uh now that late's out of here. Fuck yeah, man. So, uh, especially with the proximity. So, you guys will hear more for Aaron, uh, from Aaron soon. Uh, shout out to all the listeners. Like, subscribe. Uh, what do they say on YouTube? Smash that like button. Uh, hit the bell icon for notifications. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Uh, Mega Late Show episode 112. Aaron Cholai, Raw Denshi. Do your Googles. I'm going to go out to this joint.